This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 134. Let's work on this together. Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. If you've been listening to us for a while, you probably know that we're fans of the Enneagram as a tool to help us grow in our understanding of ourselves and one another. In previous episodes, we've explained how to use other tools like the StrengthsFinder and the five love languages to deepen our connection with our children. So in today's episode, we want to take a deeper dive into the Enneagram as it pertains to parenting. As you've probably heard before, many teachers of the Enneagram actually don't recommend we type our children. So that's not what we're doing here today on this episode. Instead, we want to be discussing each type's parenting strengths, certain areas you need to watch out for, and paths of growth in a relationship with our children. After talking to hundreds of parents, most of us would probably say that we're trying to be the very best parents to our children, given the tools that we have, right? Yeah. I mean, no one tries <laughs> to, you know, set out to be a bad parent. Probably not, right? <laughs> yeah, That's and if you're listening to, yeah, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know that we like to get into the nitty gritty and provide you with tools. So maybe you, in addition to listening to this podcast, you've taken a parenting course, you've read a few books, or maybe you're just raising... Uh, your kids based on intuition and the ways that your parents raised you. Now, in light of all that, what's really interesting, even in our own family, we notice this too, of just the number of ways that there are to parent and the different ways that there are to parent and how some ways of parenting work better for some children and uh, we have to change the strategy for other children. Right. We've always joked with friends and even between ourselves, we're like, wait, that really worked? That strategy worked for this kid? But why is this kid, like, it just is not working at all? Even though we're from the same family they are from the same mom and dad Mm -hmm. they have completely different personalities yeah and it's not one thing or the other because if one strategy or technique works for one kid you'd think the opposite if it didn't work for the other other kid you think it would be the opposite and it isn't uh there are different nuances to all of these things so you know what we know is that perfect parents don't exist and that there's not one way of parenting that works for everyone And frankly, being a perfect parent, that's not the goal, right? Because they don't actually exist. And hallelujah, hallelujah, they don't exist. (laughs) Because honestly, if they did, we'd probably talk behind their backs anyway. Be like, yeah, (laughs) right. Look at them. They think they're so great. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But you know what? The longer we parent, the more we realize just how important it is to be emotionally healthy as individuals. Right. And how that really does then lead into the way that we relate with one another as a couple and the way that we parent as well. Because it's really difficult to model and teach our children how to be in relationship with others if we don't know how to do that ourselves. Mm, Exactly. It's just the blind leading the blind, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So in today's episode, as we further unpack the Enneagram with an apparenting lens, uh, you are going to see that no matter what type you are, the healthier you become, the better your parenting skills are going to be. 
Now, if you have no idea what the Enneagram is and you haven't listened to any of our other episodes, hey, that's okay. We're going to give you a little bit of a quick description of each of these types and then some of the strengths for each, things to watch out for, and ways that you can grow as a parent, right? So once again, we're not talking about your kids and, and what number your kids are. We're talking about you as a parent and how your number as an individual affects the way that you parent. So let's get started with type one. So if you are an Enneagram type one, you are wise, you're measured, and you are attentive. When you are in a good space and you're healthy, you treat your children with kindness and respect. Unfortunately, when you're not self-aware, you can come across as judgmental and critical. You have very high internal standards and you want others to conform, especially your kids, to these high internal standards as well. A one that isn't very self-aware sees the world as just two ways to do things. The right way, which is actually your way, (laughs) and the wrong way, which is not your way. That's awesome. That's awesome. So for example, if you really want to get underneath the skin of a type one, load the dishwasher, even if they told you they would do it, and then just watch. (laughs) They will not be able to let it go. They will reload it for you. So just be aware of that. Remember, we're always wanting to teach our children autonomy. And so once, if that is one of their tasks is to load the dishwasher, y'all need to take a breath and walk away. The dishes (laughs) will still get clean. Okay? Christina, I love that. That's such a great example that I think a lot of us can relate to. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not just me. type yeah, ones, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so what are some strengths of these type ones can bring to parenting? Well, in all nine types, I want to say we are going to draw on your strengths and we want to highlight those because sometimes we can only focus on our weaknesses, especially in the different types. Sometimes we're looking like, oh, how are the ways we're going to improve? But we do want to highlight that you bring so much into your family dynamic, okay? So ones, well, one parents are typically not very physically affectionate with their children. They're not the ones who are probably going to go hug and kiss and, you know, smother them with love. They are the people who will show up for you in your life. They are the ones that make sure your windshield washer fluid is topped up, your air filter is continually changed in the home, and that a healthy lunch is made every day with even a note on it like, hey, how are you doing? I care about you. They care a lot about the details and about creating a world in which their child is safe and has the ability to thrive. So ones bring so much stability and integrity to the parenting relationship. Hmm. Okay, that's great. I love that. That's that's so that's one side, right? That's their strengths. Mm-hmm. What are some things that ones need to watch out for as parents? Well, like I was talking about, that there's sort of a right way and a wrong way that they see it. Mm. As one parents, you need to resist making snap judgments about your children or pointing out their mistakes whenever they do something that doesn't meet your high internal standards. Mm. You have a loud inner critic that is continually chattering about what you should be doing. But you need to realize that your children may not have that inner critic and they may not be doing life by that inner critic, right? So if you're talking about what your inner critic is saying out loud to your kids, you actually might be their critic. Mm, Wow. 
So over time, if you continue to point out the ways they could have done something better, which is really, come on, let's admit, is code for doing it your way, this will make your kids feel like failures who can't do anything right in their parents' eyes. And I know once, I know you care about your kids, and so I know that's not something you want them to feel. Oh, okay, so that's really eye-opening, Christina. So what are ways then that one parents can grow? I think a big way is that you can learn to celebrate differences and come to the realization that there is more than one way to do it. Yes, your way to you might be the most efficient and might be the right way to you, but realizing that your children can carve out their own way and the results might be similar, they might be different, but you can celebrate that they found a way to do it too. That's really a sign for you ones that you're growing in health. You can create an environment where your children don't feel continually criticized or judged for not doing things perfectly or not doing things your way. Mm. So look for ways that you can relax a bit and allow your child to see your fun and even spontaneous side because we know, we know you have that. So let them be able to see that too. What I love about starting with type one is it just gives us a really good foundation and groundwork to understand that, hey, you know, we're often going to parent the way that we've been parented mm-hmm. or we parent based on our type. And because we have this blind spot to think, oh, yeah, well, every, if, if I'm like this and I, this is the way that I see the world, then obviously my kids do this as well and my spouse does this as well. So really the point of this episode is for you to understand what your type is, not what your kids are, right. not what your spouse is, but what your type is so that you yourself can understand, okay, here are ways that I can grow. Here are the strengths that I bring into parenting. Here are things that I need to watch out for mm-hmm. so that you can continue to grow as a parent and raise your children not to be many use, but to be uniquely them. Right. And I've talked to a lot of ones who really do not appreciate their inner critic, right? They're really trying to learn what is their voice and what is that inner critic and who to listen to and who to kind of silence. So ones, you have the wonderful gift of being able to teach your kids of what is their voice and what is theirs to carry and what is it not to. And the wonderful gift of also teaching them that it's okay to fail. When you realize that as a one, that it's okay not to give in or listen to your inner critic and try something new and try something in a different way, that is a gift to be able to share with your children too. Yeah, that's so good, Christina. Now, why don't we move on to the next number, type twos. Give us a sense as to uh, what, what they are like. Well, two parents, you are the warmest, kindest, most approachable, loving people when you are in health. You are highly attuned to the feelings of other people and to your children especially and often know what they are feeling even before they do. You tend to know what your children need and know how to meet it, whether they actually ask you to meet it or not. (laughs) So, So then what are some strengths that twos bring to parenting? Oh, twos. I know, Daniel, uh, you have a two in your immediate family and you just feel so loved and nurtured, right? Yeah. Twos as parents, your empathy allows your children to feel heard and valued. And you can easily be persuaded to join in and play along with your children. So if they're like, mommy, come and do this, daddy, come and do this, you are willing just to show your love and join them along. 
Well, it kind of seems like twos have nothing to watch out for. That they're kind of the perfect parent. <laughs> As right? I was like researching putting this together, I'm like, should have been a two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So, are there things to watch out for? There are. So, two as parents. You are not the best at giving space. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. While you okay. are loving and showing your children that you care for them deeply and trying to help them even if they're not asking, you can come across as a little bit smothering. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so yeah. it's important for two parents to set boundaries because when they lack self-awareness or they're in unhealth, you can become overly permissive. Mm. Twos fear that by setting boundaries with their kids, it risks losing their child's love and appreciation. Okay. So sometimes okay. you let them lead the way when really children, they do need boundaries. Okay. So then what are some ways for twos to grow? So twos, yes, we want our kids to be safe. And yes, we want them to know that we love them. But it's important that we don't rescue them from potential failure. Mm. So like we said before, you need to set boundaries around when you will help them and when you'll let your child feel the full effects of their choices. Like what happens when they choose not to do their homework or what happens when they decide to study for a big test the morning of. Mm. So instead of jumping in and rescuing them because you love them, you need to be able to to let them fail sometimes. Yeah, and to allow your kids to uh, face the natural consequences that their actions brought about, right? Exactly. And in the safety within your home, so too, sometimes it might feel a little bit too much to let them do that in the world. Okay, okay. But within your own home, when they're younger, you are able to start it that way. Mm. So a four-year-old who's feeling the consequences of not cleaning up their room versus a 16-year-old who's feeling the consequences of failing a huge exam, those can be, the results of that are quite different right so as a two parent it's great to start when they're young to be able to set those boundaries because really the point of parenting is to send our children out into the world as citizens of the world being able to contribute Hmm. so they need to they need to know what they can do and what they can't do the wait is over find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th dead sea squirrels book Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so let's move on to type threes. As y'all know, (laughs) Daniel and I are type threes. And so, uh, don't worry, I didn't just highlight our strengths. (laughs) There's a lot of things we need to watch out for, Daniel. (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't need to go there, right? (laughs) We already know. We know. Yeah, yeah. So, as type three parents... Y'all are optimistic and are very goal-driven. You are hard workers and put a lot of emphasis on success when it comes to raising your children. 
you are willing to invest time, energy, money into seeing your children succeed. They're interested in piano. Okay, we're going to sign up for that. There's some natural talent there. We're going to put extra lessons in. You need a tutor. Go ahead. We're going to find someone. Extracurriculars. Yes. Yes to it all. Yes to all the experiences and the chances to grow. Yeah, so actually, I'm going to take my word back. I think threes are the perfect parents, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do have some strengths. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yes, threes believe that with hard work, anything is possible, and you demonstrate that to your children. So your kids will also experience a wide range of enhancing activities, and as parents, you will put your all into it as well. Mm. You will be able to drive them there. You'll take extra time to show them a different experience. You're all in. Your children will experience you as both consistent and dependable. You also demonstrate good organizational skills and deep-rooted responsibility. You are going to do what you say and say what you do, especially if it's deepening the talent of your child and the strengths of your child. Yeah, I can see how this is. Yeah, (laughs) the number of stories that we could probably bring up right now (laughs) about the ways that we try to do this. Uh, And so I'm a little bit dreading this next area, but I do want to grow. We we do want to continue Mm -hmm. to grow. So what are some areas that threes need to watch out for? So three parents, you can sometimes be talking, should I say we? (laughs) Three parents, we can sometimes be talking to our children while in our mind, we're planning for our next meeting. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. It's like divide and conquer, right? Even within our own brains, but... Our children are usually smarter than that and can pick up like, is mommy really here? Mm. (laughs) Three parents, you're also future oriented. So you tend to focus very much on the future instead of what is happening right here, right now. Like we said, your child can tell when you aren't listening. So make sure to be present with them and practice intentional listening. While some kids may enjoy the pressure and achievement that you aim for and actually they aim for, others will find your energy and schedule absolutely exhausting. Mm. They may feel like they have failed you in some way by not being able to live up to your expectations and your standards. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see that in my life. Definitely. Uh, In your parenting or (laughs) in the experience of you as a child? Uh, No, 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 no. As a parent. Oh, yeah. As a parent, definitely. Yeah. Because we're always trying to go, go, go. And that's very much our personality. Mm -hmm. And we've noticed uh, some backlash because our kids are not the same way. So yeah, just being aware of that and being present in the moment is definitely an area that we've strived to grow in. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some other areas that threes can grow in? Well, three parents, you can let your child accomplish their tasks in their own way. Sometimes a three will step in to tell their kids how they can complete a task more efficiently. Oh, I'm so guilty of that, right? Mm. Very, very concerned with efficiencies. Like, hey, you know if you do it this way, you'll like shave off 2.5 seconds, <laughs> I know. right? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> how can I get something done as fast as possible? <laughs> so... Because of that efficiency mindset, you may feel the need to jump in and help your child do it in a way that is more efficient, more productive, maybe quicker, even if your child didn't ask for your opinion or your help. (laughs) We have one child who does not like to cut corners. And this, we've had to learn how to be able to respond to that 
because they don't care if it takes five extra long minutes. This is the way they want to do it because it's step one, two, three, four, five. And they want (laughs) to follow step one, two, three, four, five, even though like in our mind, maybe two, three, four, you don't really matter. You can just go from one to five. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing because this is our default as threes. And we have some kids who will actually do it our way and want to do it our way and is actually fearful of not doing it our way because they're more perfectionistic. And and they're like, okay, well, mommy and daddy are older. They obviously know. And so I'll, I'll do it their way. And then another other kids were like, no, 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 I want to do it my way, even mm-hmm. if it's not the most efficient way. And then another one's just like, well, I, because you said that I'm going to actually do it a different way. <laughs> so th- yeah, this is, it's very helpful. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) to both understand this Mm -hmm. and to grow in light of this so let's move on to four what what is a type four type four parents in your health you are the most empathetic number on the enneagram you are really comfortable in the presence of difficult feelings and are willing to sit in them with yourself and with your children for parents you are imaginative and can be really really fun with your kids Hmm. So what are some strengths that fours bring to parenting? Fours, you naturally inspire creativity in your kids and you're willing to explore their form of self-expression, whether that's through the arts or music, any way that they feel like they want to express themselves, fours, you're in for it. Fours, you feel and care really deeply and you can help your children get in touch with their true feelings. Hmm. So then what are some things that fours need to watch out for? Well, fours, because you feel things so deeply, you tend to be sensitive. And that's where you need to be careful about taking things personally. For example, if your child says no to spending time with you, maybe you've asked them to go on a walk and they would rather stay home and read, you might interpret that and withdraw and think, oh, I must not be a very good parent because my child doesn't want to spend time with me. When in reality, your child just wanted to continue doing what they wanted to do. Hmm. It's so interesting because Christina, you're a three wing two Mm -hmm. and I'm a three wing four. So there's a lot of this here in the four that I see in myself and even in the thing to watch out for when, I mean, honestly, even with our youngest, he would always want to play Star Wars or or games or different things. And when I would ask, do you want to play? And he's like, yeah, of course. But there would actually be moments where I would come in and he's like, no, it's okay. I don't want you to play with me. And I'd be so hurt. And I was like, you like withdraw? Yeah. I'd be like, Okay, whatever. I'm just going to go do something else. Right. But it's it's so interesting how our types really do reflect the shadow sides that we need to mm-hmm. watch out for, especially in our parenting. Exactly. And so we don't want to, just because our children are doing something to us, we don't want to respond in and health, right? Yeah, it's great right. to be able to pause, stay curious and take a moment and be like, okay, how am I interpreting this situation? And is it because of something that's happened in my past? Is, this, is it because of my type? And how can I move on and respond? Yeah. Okay. So then what are some areas that fours can grow in? Well, sometimes fours are melancholy or moody, and that may worry a child who may feel responsible for how their parent is feeling. So fours, a reassuring word to your child can really, really go a long way and be of huge value when you're feeling down. Yeah. Wow. This is, it's so fascinating because you got the dynamic of here's a parent 
who is, let's say, a four mm-hmm. and might actually be feeling down. And then you might have a child who, let's say, is a two. Right. Right. And then it's so interesting how that could actually be, I don't want to say a toxic relationship, but it could actually like negatively in unhealth mm-hmm. on both sides. And it's, I, yeah, I guess it wouldn't just be parent and child. It could be husband and wife. Exactly. As well. How it, and Or even coworker with coworker or boss with coworker uh, boss with employee how these types can actually clash or negatively feed off of each other as well completely any relationship can work mm. and does work regardless of what number you are as long as both of you are in health yeah okay it's different if both of you are in unhealth that creates a a different dynamic because you're lurk, you're looking at each other in the sphere of your shadow side. Yeah, I, I love that because it's very similar to the Strengths Finder, mm-hmm. where every Strengths Finder theme, it's not black and white. It's not you have it or you don't. There's actually the themes can be immature or they can be mature. So when you look at that, I, I think when someone has a theme that is immature, some people might look at that and be like, oh, that's a weakness to you, or, or they'll actually peg you and even though it's a strength they would actually uh, call you by it, your shadow side instead so for example in strengths finder you got the significance theme which uh, the shadow side is you're an intent you're an intention hog attention hog uh, okay right as a shadow side but in strength you actually bring um, such an incredible contribution in being able to present ideas and to talk about it and to to gather people's attention. But just like the Strengths Finder, I see just how every type in the Enneagram really does have that continuum too between unhealth and health or immaturity to maturity. Completely. And you don't know if you're in unhealth unless you actually know what it looks like. We always say it is a wonderful and healthy step to be able to name it, what it looks like when you are not in the greatest space. So the thing about the Enneagram, and maybe, Daniel, you tell me more about this in the strengths is too, is you are not going from unhealth to health, and that is just upward trajectory. It's sort of more like a roller coaster mm-hmm. where there are times where you are going to be in unhealth, and there's times that you're going to be in health, depending on maybe what's going on in your life. If you're stressed, if you're tired, there's many different triggers. Maybe you're in an unhealthy relationship. So just know that a big step in the Enneagram is to be able to know what you look like in health and unhealth. And so what you bring to the table as your strengths and also areas of weakness, those are both critical to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I would say the strengths finder and the Enneagram don't measure the same thing. Mm. Uh, Enneagram is more about your motivation and strengths finder is more about how you approach a task. So it's it's different layers of the onion, so to say. Uh, so we wouldn't say okay, here's the the be all end all assessment and that's the only thing. No. I mean every assessment looks at things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Like the Myers-Briggs looks at it a little bit differently or the Colby or the uh, the Berkman and you just kind of go down one after another. They all look at a different layer of the onion. So if you want to dig a little bit deeper into this we are going to go to five, sixes, seven, eight, nine. Right. Uh, but if you want to dig a little bit deeper into this or into the Strengths Finder, just go to inbetween.org slash episode 134 and we'll have the links to all of our previous episodes, even ones where we've talked about Strengths Finder and parenting. So let's move on to type fives. 
So type fives, you are the parents who live out the motto, knowledge is power. You are much more thinking than feeling, unlike the type fours, which are beside you in the Enneagram. Mm. Fives, you're known to be either busy working on a project or researching one and going in depth. You are less inclined to socialize and would rather spend your energy on your interests in your research. Okay, so that's a great picture of a five. How does that translate to parenting? Like, what are some strengths that fives bring to parenting? Well, fives, you are an absolute wealth of knowledge, and you can offer your children a broad field of facts and information. Uh, okay. And you love to share what you know. So if your child shares an interest or even asks you about, oh, what are you reading? What are you studying? You will be an open book and willing to just tell them all about it. Yeah. Okay. So kind of like your dad, right? Yeah, <laughs> he really does enjoy being able to share the information and the wisdom that he has carried on throughout the years. Yeah, to me and to our kids, it's just it's such a joy talking to him and learning so much because yes. he's just constantly learning. Exactly. Yeah. So then what are some things that five parents need to watch out for? Well, as a five, raising and parenting a baby or toddler may not come as easily or naturally to you as others. So just be aware of that, right? A baby is probably not going to ask you, (laughs) what are you reading? What are you learning? And they take significant amounts of time versus, let's say, a 12-year-old. So just be aware of that. On the flip side, you may find it less energy consuming to communicate to your older children who may share a common interest or want to learn more from you about a certain topic. So if you feel naturally drawn more to your older kids versus your babies or toddlers, just know that's because of really who you are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I, you know, as I, I met your dad as an adult mm-hmm. and just your dad has so much wisdom and wealth and he just asked questions and he's like, did you know about this? And he's always learning. Right. I know when you were a kid, you, he would often take you to McDonald's yes. on dates and was it before or after that Afterwards. you'd go to the you'd go to the Christian bookstore uh-huh. and get something, right? Yeah, well he would go and read and <laughs> yeah. you know, look at books and I would be in the children's section just looking at stickers and playing with like little Fisher Price Noah Ark. Yeah, that's right. So it was really interesting. He found a way to be able to connect together as father and daughter, but also be able to slant it in a way where he can go and do his research yeah, that's though brilliant. we're spending time together. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, so what are some areas of growth for five parents? Well, fives, as you know already, you need your own space and you need a lot of alone time to recharge. You're also not known to be the most physically affectionate to your children. Sometimes as a five, you distance both yourself physically and emotionally from your kids and that can sometimes come across to a child as a lack of interest or a lack of love. Mm. So it's important, fives, to make the effort and intentionally be aware that your children uh, would love a hug or a kiss from you and would light up if you were to tell them that you love them every single day. Yes, it's as we know in every relationship, especially if you're intimate, that you they know they know you love them and you know they love you but to actually hear the words makes a big difference the wait is over find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th dead sea squirrels book babylon breakout hi i'm mike naraki co-creator of veggie tales voice of larry the cucumber and author of the dead sea squirrels 
Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's move on to type six. So type six, as parents, you are reliable, loyal, you're down to earth, you're practical, and you're well-prepared for pretty much everything. (laughs) And you're detail-oriented. Sixes, you are great parents when you're self-aware and when you really know yourself. Because honestly, literally, you're the one who's prepared for everything. You have sought out all of the ways that things could potentially go down and you're the one who's going to have the band-aids and the snacks and the water. So so these were the ones that were prepared for Y2K, right? (laughs) Exactly, probably. (laughs) Maybe you two got a lot of beans. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so what are some strengths that sixes bring to parenting in particular? Sixes, you are dependable, you're hardworking, and you're responsible. You are really warm and engaging and funny too. And honestly, you can demonstrate how you can press through difficult thoughts and feelings and show your children courage, even though you are feeling afraid. Hmm. Okay, so then what, what are some things that sixes need to watch out for then? Well, sixes, when you don't know yourself, you can become really self-doubting. You can become alarmist in your thinking and ways of talking to your family. You can start hovering over your kids' lives out of fear for their safety and well-being. And that can give your child the view that the world or people are not to be trusted because it's not safe. Okay, so I can see a few areas of growth that sixes might have, right? Mm -hmm. With anxiety or fear. Yes, exactly. So remember that fear is contagious and so is anxiety. Mm. All of us probably feel that if we continue to watch the news 24 hours a day, it's just kind of fed on a on a silver platter to us, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important for six parents to rein in your own anxiety to prevent it from spreading to your kids in an unhealthy way. Yes, we do have those responses, those natural responses to fear and anxiety when we have fight and flight, right? To really true danger. But we also need to be able to teach our kids the danger between encountering a lion and walking out the front door. Hmm. Okay. So six is you need to resist the temptation to see the worst case scenario in every situation or decision. I know that is hard, especially as your children grow up because you see danger everywhere and can give off this vibe that life is dangerous and you shouldn't leave the protection of mom or dad <laughs> or your home because what if? Yeah. Right? And, and as a parent, as a six, you're well prepared. You're reliable. You're loyal. I mean, you got it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stay in the nest. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. However, we don't want our children to become pessimists. Yeah. So sixes, we want to be able to teach and show our kids that there is beauty and hope in life as well. 
Hmm. So you probably need a seven in your life too then, right? <laughs> well, sevens are fun. Yeah, they really yeah. are. And uh, seven parents, you are enthusiastic, you're spontaneous, you're imaginative, you're creative, you're energetic, and you are ready for it all, right? Hey, fun? Let's go. <laughs> so I can see how seven parents know how to throw a party. Exactly. Right? And they know how to you know, bring your kids to Disneyland and all that. So what are some unique ways or, or strengths that uh, seven parents bring, particularly to parenting well type seven parents you are exciting and you're probably just cheering woot, woot. <laughs> yes we are <laughs> right? yeah. yeah you love planning exciting events and keeping up the energetic pace you are seldom ever down and you bring enthusiasm and energy to all that you do and love you are a great storyteller and can often relate well to your own children because that you are just be able to entertain them with great stories too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you also encourage and inspire risk taking as a way to rewards so you're opening up that world to your children yeah yeah. it's it's you're an adventure right you're creating adventures for your kids exactly yeah so what are some things that sevens need to watch out for then like we talked about if sixes deal with their anxiety through pessimism Sevens, you deal with your anxiety through the glass is half full optimism. Okay. You see the silver linings in everything. And while that isn't a bad thing, you need to remember that you are the authority in the parent-child relationship. Mm. Sometimes you have to be the bad cop and you have to put up those boundaries because kids do need that. In the end, contrary to how you may feel as a seven parent, rules and boundaries will help give your child confidence and a sense of security, which can also foster an environment for fun and optimism in your relationship too. Yeah, that's right. Remember that every child is different and are different from you, perhaps. So some of your children may not appreciate the newness and they may not always be looking for the next adventure. Some kids may really enjoy just feeling settled in one place and experience your constant activity as exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think in every single one of these numbers, being aware of what to watch out for Mm -hmm. and what your type is, is a way that we can all grow. Yes. So added on top of that, what are some particular ways that seven parents can grow? Well, seven parents, you need to learn how to be reliable. You can easily be distracted and can overcommit because it sounds fun or I want to do this. I want to experience that, which can lead you to lose track of time. Unintentionally, you may not be able to follow through on the promises that you've made to your kids, uh, especially if you made them in the energy and the in the positivity of the moment because you were off doing something else or not paying attention. Hmm. So make sure you mean what you say and say what you mean to your kids. They need to know that they can depend and rely on you. More than any other number, sevens as parents have trouble staying in the present moment. So be mindful, be mindful of the moment. That's good. That's good. You know, we're going to end off with the last two types, types eight and nine. But as you've been listening in, if you don't know your number yet, 
uh, just go to inbetween.org slash episode 134 to dig a little bit deeper, but also by sharing this episode with your spouse, uh, the conversation that you can have with one another and helping one another dig deeper into, hey, yeah, this is my type and that's your type. And what do I bring to parenting? What do you bring to parenting? What are areas that we might clash or, or be strengths to our weaknesses, weaknesses to our strengths? So, I mean, that is going to be an incredible opportunity actually focus of a date night even yeah. right to to be able to listen to this get together and, and talk about it but also even if you were to share this with your parents too i mean that would even be interesting to think about okay yeah what type were my parents mm-hmm. and or are my parents and and how did that affect me and how does that affect there's there's so much that we can talk about and grow through through a tool like this so we do encourage you to share this episode with those around you to to so that we can all learn together exactly and just a side note that there will be people who are more willing to explore than others just because of their type too so if you get a response like no thanks just know that that may just be them being who they are yeah, that's true that's true <laughs> and just leave it <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah okay so let's move on to type eight so eight says parents you are really protective of the ones that you love and you can teach your children how to live in the world with confidence while also helping your child feel safe from the world you adore your children and will do a lot you'll do so much to help them succeed in the world Hmm. Yeah, eights are those kind of larger than life presence mm-hmm. type of people, right? Exactly. You uh, can be blunt and can be confrontational because you're actually comfortable with conflict. Hmm. Okay, so then what are some things that eight parents need to watch out for then? Well, just be aware, eights, that you can come across as being intimidating to people, including your own children. Oftentimes, your energy can be seen as overwhelming because you are aggressive and assertive. Eights, you can also have a temper that you need to watch out for. So it would do you so much service if you learn how to respond and not react to your children. Hmm. So practice a pause. Count to 10 before you respond because oftentimes you're quick to say things and then you can steamroll over your children even if you don't want to. So just be aware and be careful. That's good. So what are then some areas of growth for eights? Eights, you need to dial back your energy sometimes because it can be too much for your kids. Allow your child the space to voice their feelings without the need to challenge or control them. That's where we're pausing, right? Mm. Allow your kids to express what they're feeling. Also, learn how to apologize to your child. It is huge in any number, in any age, in anything, in, in whatever type you are. Learning how to apologize to your child is revolutionary, but especially for eights, because you tend to struggle with apologies since you see it as a sign of weakness, it is a wonderful space to be able to show your children vulnerability. Learn how to be vulnerable enough to really apologize to your children. Not those fake apologies. Yeah. We know the ones, if you've listened to that episode, yeah, right. we'll <laughs> put it in the show, no- show notes. There's fake apologies and your child will see right through it. So learn to really apologize. It's not a sign of weakness eights. It's a sign that you really want to connect with your children. Love it. All right. So nines, the peacemakers, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> well, nines, when you are self-aware, you are the most easygoing 
welcoming, warm people who don't rock the boat. You know how to keep the peace in the family, and you are so, so good at it. You naturally know how to mediate arguments between your children, and you can bring everyone to the middle, which is really why you're known as peacemakers. You can help everybody see different perspectives. That's right. So that really is a strength that nines bring to parenting, right? Being able to see everyone's perspective and and help, I I guess, maybe help even your kids see one another's perspectives Mm -hmm. too. Exactly. And figure out how to reconcile all these different points of views, even to other numbers they may not see. How does this and this work out? But you as a nine, you naturally see it. You also give off a genuine feeling to your children of them being accepted and loved for who they are. I think we all need some nines in our life today. Oh, the whole world. Seriously. (laughs) The whole world could use some nines. Imagine if the whole world was nines. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Be very different. (laughs) So what are some things that nines need to nine parents need to watch out for? Well, nines like the Enneagram type twos, you need to be aware that you have the tendency of being too permissive for your kids and Mm. with your kids. Nines, you're really afraid of conflict. So in order to keep the peace. And if you could see, these are air quotation marks because it may not actually be peace. You might be just uh, sweeping it under the carpet. Mm. You sometimes let your kids get away with more than they should. This can cause your children to feel like they lack support because children... They do need direction and boundaries in life. So sometimes you need to adopt a firm stance, even if it's hard. So it sounds like boundaries and Mm -hmm. setting healthy boundaries is an important area of growth for nines. Yes, and other numbers as well. But Mm. because of that peacemaker wanting to keep the peace, it's especially important. It's hard for nines to say no. But remember, type nines, you as a parent saying no or actually I can't do that for you does not mean that you don't love your children. Also, sometimes, nine, you can tune out the world around you. So just be aware of the fact that you can do this and help bring the focus back to your children, both in the everyday and when they need you most. Hmm. Okay, so I know that was a lot of information. (laughs) It was, right? right? Because we went through all nine types. But here's the thing. What you need to focus on is what your type is, Mm -hmm. right? You don't need to become an expert in all of these other types. You need to know what your type is, your spouse to know what their type is. And instead of typing your children, because I know that's often where we go, what would be even more beneficial to your entire family is if you go from unhealth to health. Exactly. You go from a lack of self-awareness to an increasing measure of who God has created you to be, what strengths you naturally bring into your parenting, what are your natural blind spots and areas that you could and should be watching out for, and ways that you can grow to be mature and healthy as a parent. Right. And just a reminder, like we said at the top of the podcast, The goal is not to be a perfect parent. The goal is not to be the perfect quote-unquote Enneagram type 
parent that you are. Really, it is a relationship that we are talking about that we can grow in health together and just be aware of the parts where maybe if you're stressed, that is your default of to struggle in, be too permissive or not be permissive enough, right? So the fact that you are even listening and wanting to be aware of it, we need to recognize that and validate y'all. You're doing a good job. Yeah, exactly. So head on over to inbetween.org slash episode 134 for all the links. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper into some of our previous episodes in and around the Strengths Finder, Enneagram, Five Love Languages, Boundaries, Apologies, all the things that we talked about. Well, we so appreciate the fact that you're listening in week after week and sharing this episode with those around you. Next week, we are going to be talking about conflict again. Uh, not to have more conflict, but how to repair your relationship after a big fight. So thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time.